Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Paul. And we're going to challenge you to transform your financial future through the principles of the most profitable business in the world, banking. We believe everyone should be involved in two businesses, the business that you're in and the banking business. Everyday people can replicate what bankers have been doing for centuries to leverage capital and build wealth through private lending. Join us as we uncover the truths about money, expose lies and myths, and flip conventional financial advice on its head. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today, we're coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. We just finished up a two-day Infinite Banking Concepts Think Tank. This is an annual uh, event where practitioners come in from all over North America. And I spent a couple days together and it was great. And I think we're going to, we'll probably just dive into that and talk about what we learned today. What do you you say? Yeah, no, absolutely, Dave. I think one thing is for sure, we're we're surrounded by some of the greatest minds in the life insurance and the infinite banking industry here at this annual Think Tank. This is my first Think Tank. Didn't get to go last year because of because of the Rona, right? Which it sounds like you have right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry about my voice, everybody. I don't. I'm not really sure what happened. Anthony's voice was a little screwed up the other day, so maybe I got a little. Whatever. I feel fine. Yeah. Well, we probably stayed up a little later than we usually do. A little past my 10 p.m. bedtime. Yeah, that too. I was hitting the Tom Collins pretty hard. So. Yeah, but that's good because we were hanging around other practitioners and and like like you said, some of the most brilliant minds that are that are practicing and teaching this concept in North America. I mean, Canada and the U.S. Just some fabulous people to be around and people who are hungry to learn and to share. Yeah. A lot of new people. Yeah. A lot of of new practitioners or people that aren't even practitioners yet that are just new to the concept, which is also promising to see like the next generation that'll carry Nelson's message forward into, you know, 50, 60 years from now. Right. Yeah. Which is super important. So, you know, we, we covered a lot of ground the last two days. What would what was your favorite part of it? You know, <clears throat> the highlights for you. You know, other than you know getting to see people in person that you've only seen on you know YouTube or or Twitter video or whatever. I liked uh, Jason Jason Lowe's presentation today yeah. about family banking. So one of our fellow practitioners, uh, Jason Lowe, who has a has a podcast called uh, Wealth Without Bay Street. Right. Him and uh, Richard Canfield, which is a great podcast. They're on YouTube as well. On YouTube as well. There are there are Canadian our Canadian compatriots, super super guys, super smart and really do the institute and Nelson's message. They really carry that message forward correctly. Yeah. Um, and the great thing about that, it, they're in Canada, which Life and they use different life insurance companies than we use. But really what this this last two days was really about and, and kind of getting out of the core of it is that stuff doesn't matter. Like the company, the illustration, you know, everybody wants to dive into these details that really kind of it, it's not what infinite banking is all about. Infinite banking is a process. And whether you practice that process in Canada through a properly designed whole life insurance policy or in India through whatever financial tools or capabilities they have there to do it, it's a process and it can be replicated anywhere. The best vehicle to use for that process, of course, in North America is going to be whole life insurance properly structured. So yeah, what about that? So Jason was talking about the family banking, which is really, really cool. So tell us, tell us that story. <clears throat> Yeah, so 
so he gets up there and and uh, has some good slides and he started out you know get, getting us all motivated you know screaming IBC as a group you know of 100 and whatever people which is which is fun but what he talked about was this whole structure starting with really it sounded like his his dad you know with the life insurance policy taking the life insurance policy on his father you know that first generation and then it expanded to him you know being the current generation and then the children and then you know eventually those children will have grandchildren and they all have you know how many was it 60 it was 62 62 and one in underwriting 63rd policy in underwriting right and we're we're talking policies of all different shapes and sizes right but they're all designed for infinite banking and what he's talked about now that they've they've you know compiled you know a certain amount of cash value now that the you know some of the teenage kids are starting to drive and guess what that child has access to capital from the family bank so he says hey dad or hey uncle uncle jace i want to i want to i want to buy my first car my first used car it's you know it's I don't know, let's make up a number. It's $10,000. I've got a part-time job or a couple of part-time jobs. So I want to borrow money from the family banking system. The cool stipulation they have with this family banking system, right? The the payment, the interest rate is, is 10% and it's non-negotiable. 10%. 10% to the family bank. To the family bank. Because if you're going to pay some other bank 5%, why wouldn't you pay your own bank 10%? That's right. So what does that 10% actually do? Right. So what it's going to do is enable, first of all, the the, the kid borrowing the money is going to learn kind of the how the, the whole family banking system works. He can see the older generation benefiting from that cash flow, right? You know, let's say the policy loan interest rate is 5%. What that 10% payment is going to do is it's going to pay that policy loan back faster. Once that loan is paid back faster, there's still that extra cash flow or extra capital coming in that could be used to expand the family banking system, meaning via an, uh, another policy. Right. Yeah. And then maybe five years from now, when that 16-year-old turns 21 and he wants to uh, buy a better car, maybe he has a job and is making better money and he wants to trade that in and get something else, he gets to go back and use the exact same bank and the exact same capital yep. to buy the second car because right. that capital never left the, the, the ecosystem, the financial ecosystem of that family. So it's just a phenomenal concept, really motivated me to, you know, I I haven't been too intentional about teaching my boys. I've got three boys, right? About here's how you take a loan. Here's how you play honest banker with yourself and pay that back. Uh, But I do have the opportunity with my oldest approaching driving age very soon where he's going to want a car. I'm going to want him to have a car. That's right. uh, Free free taxi driver. Exactly. He can run his brothers to practice, pick them up, do do whatever I I don't want to do anymore. Right. And uh, this is going to be a perfect opportunity to teach him the the function of the bank. And, and the fact that, you know, in, in Jason Lowe's uh, specific example, nobody in his immediate family or actually his expanded family too, nobody will ever have to go to a commercial bank. I love it. They'll never, they'll never have to fill out, you know, endless paperwork to be qualified. They'll never have to look at their, what's your income, what's your credit score. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Let's unpack, you know, Nelson Nash. And again, we're always going to encourage you to pick up his book, Becoming Your Own Banker, Unlocking the Infinite Banking Concept, written in 2000. This is where all of this knowledge 
in all the fundamentals uh, for this concept come from is his his just phenomenal 92 page book. But let's unpack, you know, it's not like you're you're going to start financing, you know, a $1.4 million house purchase right, right. off the bat or, um, you know, a $300,000 education at Harvard over four years or whatever it costs now. It's something ridiculous. Yeah, right? it's not immediate, right? right? Nelson says it'll take how long? 20 average, average person's going to take 20 years to become completely your, free to compete. Yeah. Yeah. Of that, of that financial system. Absolutely. And, but once you're there, everybody behind you, your children, your grandchildren, your great grandchildren, they will be free as well because you're going to perpetuate the cycle. That's right. That's yeah. right. And having gone through, you know, several mortgage processes over the last, you know, last decade or whatever, it gets worse for me every time as I acquire more assets and I have more things going on with our with our finances. Well, guess what? The underwriter of the bank they want to see all of that. Yeah. And it's just, it's a huge pain in the butt. And those of you who are, you know, friendly with me and, and know me know that I complain about that constantly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that concept is something I'm going to start implementing right away. I mean, Jason talked about doing an annual family banking meeting. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So we'll, we'll implement that and, you know, review the boys policies. Hey, here's your policy. Here's where it's at. Here's what it's doing right now, and and here's how we use it. Let's find some real world examples of how I've used it, and and teach them. Are you gonna have shirts made? It's actually gonna be a shirtless event. Shirtless, just all boys. All boys. Yeah, I we can't. We don't wear shirts. Yeah, we can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was super cool though. Like, so what we, you know, our 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 uh, comrade up here has, uh, you know, he's, as he's doing this presentation, he's showing photos of of the family, the extended family, you know, cousins and uncles and brothers and sisters, and you know, they got these shirts for their annual family banking meeting, and it, it literally, you know, it started with him and has expanded from to all the all the siblings, and it's just phenomenal. But they literally everyone participates, which I thought was cool. The kids get the young little you know little children four years old running around but they sit there and they listen and they understand as they as they grow into it like hey this is this is our thing let's keep the money we keep the money in the family and the the teenage children are able to answer the questions of of how it works at a you know very basic level so, and why you would want to do that versus going to an outside financing source that's right so yeah just truly phenomenal so that was a lot of fun i'll tell you another one that i really enjoyed was a presentation yesterday talking about large cases Yes. So this one was specific to uh, a client was a, a real estate investor, had multiple apartment buildings. And what do all, you know, we probably have a lot of real estate investors listening because that's just the, you know, a lot of real estate investors are, are attracted to this concept because sure. it's all about control, guarantees and leverage. Yep. Liquidity. Right. And liquidity, having access to capital when you need it. So this client had multiple apartment complexes and he was Every single month, he was putting one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars into escrow. Correct. And what's what? What is that money doing for him? Right. That's. I mean. So it's it's probably his his insurance money, his annual insurance payment for next year, and his property taxes. Right. And it's sitting in that account for six months because the the escrow whoever's holding that probably pays that bill every six months. Um, at least that's how it works with the typical mortgage. On a house. Yep. So that 175 grand times six, I don't even know what that is. You know, you're, you're approaching a million dollars every six months sitting in an account doing absolutely nothing, nothing. for him. Right. What's it doing for that bank that it's sitting in? Yeah, they're making a good living lending that money to somebody else. I'm absolutely. Sure. So instead of, look, your money has to reside somewhere. Like that's going to be a mantra we repeat yep. over and over and over. Why not here? Why not let that money reside in your own bank? So he just redirected that 175 a month into a a properly designed whole life policy 
And now he's got all that cash flow going into there and working for him until it's time to access that capital to go pay the the taxes and the, the the insurance and all that, and then just keep filling it back up with all the other cash flow. And of course, his cash flow is going to increase, so he'll be able to pay those loans back and all that. But what did he also have, you know, in addition to that that capital that he was accumulating, what was the death benefit? Twenty, I think it was like twenty three million. He's a thirty two year old or thirty three year old yeah. client. Um, the death benefit for this for this young man was 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 twenty three million. I think. Yeah. Well, the death benefit for his his beneficiaries. Yeah. Right. So, so I can do him good when he's gone. But yeah. So twenty three million dollars in death benefit, and that's just going to keep growing. Phenomenal. I, I I couldn't believe how big it was. You know, by by the time he was in his forties, it was you know thirty yeah. something million. Something to think about too for these for for y'all that are real estate investors doing you know these apartment syndications and stuff is that you have these capital expenditure budgets mm-hmm. that are built into your plan when you. When you underwrite the when you underwrite the property and you go through, hey, we're going to restripe the resurface and redo everything with the parking lot. We're going to do the roof. We're going to, you know, these ten units need to be rehabbed. Well, all that money before it's spent could be, you know, in the right circumstances, that could be premium first, right, and captured in a banking system that you know is underwritten on a partner or you know key you know key person in the in the business in the in the syndication or whatever, right. So, and you don't have to have one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars a month no. to make that happen, right? I mean, that's an extreme case, it's all a relative. very rare case. It's right. all relative. You start where you're at. Maybe you're pulling in a thousand a month, or setting aside a thousand dollars a month from your. You have a couple cash flowing properties, and yeah, you're setting like all those reasons you just stated. You're setting that money aside. Think about where that money's sitting, and who is that benefiting while it's sitting there. Just ask yourself that question, and if if it's not you, then it sounds like you need to start playing banker. And take control of the banking process in your own life. And it's, you know, not not just that, but, you know, when you're talking to apartment syndicators, most apartment syndicators are borrowing private capital sure. for that down payment. And they're Absolutely. paying maybe quarterly um, returns, yep. quarterly dividends or, you know, uh, that whatever interest rate that, that they pay their investors. Well, that money is sitting somewhere for three months before it's being used. Why not capitalize a policy? Let it sit in your bank until you need to use it. And then... It's there for you when you need to pay your investors out, uh, and then you just fill it back up yep. the next month with more cash flow. And I think we talked about this extensively. I'm not going to get it, into it on this video, but properly designed policies and st- structured policies for this for this strategy could work absolutely perfectly for these people. Yeah, and I think we all even even if you're not a real estate investor, you're not a business owner, maybe just make a pretty decent W-2 income. You're probably holding money somewhere in somebody else's bank. Now, of course, we need the banks for uh, you know, debit, credit. Yeah, to transact like, banking. To transact, to right? Transactions, yeah. Right, but, if you, but that, that money has to sit somewhere until you're ready to use it. Well, for us, we let our money sit inside our policies working for us until we're ready to use it. Yep. And it's just a quick get online. Hey, I want this much money. Send it to this account. Done. Yeah, I only keep the money I need in my, my, my checking account that I need every month to just, you know, pay the mortgage, pay this, pay that, whatever, right? Um, all my excess money, my, my savings, my capitalization is in my life insurance contracts. Now six, you know, six of them now. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a great, you know, those are just two of the examples that we got over the last two days. Yeah. And then we talked a lot um, about many conversations just about the economy, the, you know, an update on the economy, looking at the Fed's balance sheet, like a lot of stuff that would, would bore a lot of people, but um, if you're willing to take a little bit of time and look at it and understand it, it's kind of scary. 
Yeah. Well, well, Nelson said, you know, if you know what's going on, you'll know what to do. And um, that's the common theme with with infinite banking practitioners and, and people that practice infinite banking is they generally know what's we know what's going on. So we know what to do. Um, I liked the overall theme this week of kind of getting back to the fundamentals of what Nelson taught about you know banking as a process. IBC is a process, not a product, the process over product kind of message. Uh, is so important because you see, and we see it, and again, to each his own, I'm trying to kind of stick to the fundamentals, right? I didn't know Nelson. I never got to meet him, but I'm trying to, you know, carry his message. And I think, you know, we both are obviously carry his message forward properly um, and not get focused on all these third party like calculators that show the internal rate of return of a policy and all this stuff. Like the most important thing to remember, I think, and, you know, as a, as a client of this and now as a practitioner is I'm focused on what's going on outside of my policy. Right. That's the most important thing. What is what am I using that cash value for? Right. So getting back to the basics. Yeah. The scene and the unseen. I liked that theme today. It was just just phenomenal. Right. The scene is what you see going on inside the policy. You yeah. know, the, the illustration, the all of that, all the guarantees and everything, which are great and which you need to look at that prior to going through with it, but that, that is not the focus. That's like the end game. Like, Hey, we're ready to move forward. Here's what we're looking at. Let's do it because you already know why you're doing it in the first place. And then the unseen is the massive potential and all the opportunities that you have outside of your policy that, that you otherwise would very likely not have because you'd be putting your money away. Um, you know, I mean, you could be putting away in a savings account doing nothing for you in the bank, but most likely you'd be putting it away into some, you know, tax deferred qualified plan where you can't access it. Can't get to it. Something like that. I think our clients, you know, the folks that have become our clients, you know, our friends and, and, and have, have learned over the last couple of years of, you know, we always kind of said, when you have capital, opportunity will find you. And it's it's so true, right? Uh, and we're, you know, living examples of that. Now our clients and our friends are, are seeing that and living that as well through this, you know, through the product uh, of uh, dividend paying a life in the process through IBC. Yeah. So. And I like how somebody pointed out today, said, what is the most important part of this entire process? Imagination. Imagination. I mean, it's called infinite banking for a reason. Like you are only limited by your imagination. I mean, it was it was unreal to see all the examples of what people are doing with the capital uh, in their policies through their, their policy loans and the opportunities available to them. I mean, how many businesses does Jason has like eight businesses or something? Yeah, it's crazy. And they've all been funded with life insurance money. Yep. With life insurance policy loans. So the life insurance company's money. Yep. Using somebody else's money. Unbelievable. Yeah. And then paying that, you know, paying those loans back at 10%, which he learned from Nelson. Apparently Nelson said, I paid my loans back at 10%. That's tough to do when you're like, oh, the bank would only charge me three. The insurance companies only charge me four or five. You want me to pay back at 10? Yeah. Well, I don't know if we want to unpack that. It's like, well, how much do you want your banking system to earn, right? Yeah. Well, you don't want it to earn 2.9%, even though that's what a you know a bank might charge you for a, a new car loan or something. You want your bank to, to earn 10%. Mechanically, though, people are confused. And I want to make sure there's no confusion when we say, when you're paying back a policy loan, right? You're paying back the life insurance company's money. That's not adding value to your policy. The only way to add value to a policy is through premium, through additional premium. Right. And if your policy is structured properly, there may be room once that policy loan is paid off to take that cap, that cash flow that you were paying back to your banking system to fund additional premium. Yeah. Right. That's how you add value to your policy. And I know some people read his book and they get confused of, oh, I'm 
increasing the size of the policy by paying back, you know, increased interest. That's a common theme with new clients that I, I think I always get that question. I'm like, no, that, let me tell you what he's actually talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. But by paying 10%, you pay it back quicker. You pay back quicker. And have capital available that much quicker Absolutely. To, to use immediately for the next opportunity. That's right. Um, but speaking of the book, so what we did this time, which we haven't done in the past think tanks I've been to, is we were told, hey, bring your copy of Becoming Your Own Banker because we're going to go through that. And it was really great to, I mean, everybody's you know read it multiple times. You know, I I obviously, after talking to some other guys who've read it a thousand times, I'm like, right. ah, I probably need to up my number of how many times I've read this. But it's great how somebody says, flip to this page, page 25, and read the second paragraph. The first line, what does that say? We read it, and then we're like, wow, let's talk about that. Let's dive in. Yeah. I mean, it's and it, it just brings new things to light that maybe I didn't, I wouldn't have seen a year ago, but because of the progress I've made and the way I've been using it and becoming my own banker, like that stuff really pops out to me now. It does. I can't harp on it enough. I think I've, I think I'm at like six readings. You know, when I say readings, I think I've read the book four times or five times and I've listened to the audiobook at least one time through now that it's, now that it's, it's been out for the last few months. Um, it takes that many readings, ladies and gentlemen, to, to really, I, I feel like we're experts in infinite banking, right? We are. And I learned something new. Or, or, or maybe I'm, I'm thinking about it differently. Yeah. Every time I read the book, I'm like, oh, man, I didn't think of that before. You, know? you just described part of the book where Nelson talks about the uh, the pitfalls, the common pitfalls. And one of those is the arrival syndrome. The arrival syndrome. Yeah. Where, you know, we are experts at this. Does that mean we know everything there is to know and there's nothing else that, to learn? No, hell there's no. There's no such thing of having arrived in knowledge. Right. Why <laughs> else would we be paying, you know, I don't know, at the end of this trip, maybe it would cost me a thousand bucks to come spend two days. I'm, I'm spending two full days traveling, spending two days in this conference, sitting on a chair, listening to people talk for you know eight hours a day, taking time away from doing my business or spending time with family, whatever it is. Like I'm spending my own money, my own time to come here because I want to get smarter. That's right. Because I want to surround myself with people who are smarter than me, who have more experience, who are doing things maybe differently than me. And, and can, you know, their imagination, like if I have an idea and you have an idea and we talk to each other, we usually with two ideas, like imagination is more valuable than money. Cause if I have a dollar and you have a dollar, when we depart, we still only have $1. But if it's an idea now we each have two ideas. That's right. Right. Does that make sense? So the imagination that gets flowing when you're around other people who are on the same journey as you and, and have the same belief system as you is just. Yeah, being around, I think being around like-minded people is super important. You know, there's, again, there's not that many even banking practitioners in the, in the in North America, I should say, in Canada and the United States, there's whatever, 700 or 600. Or, yeah. It's not many. Um, so it really reinforces, I, I lo again, love just, love being here. It's my first one, just getting back to basics, kind of re-energized, re, re right, to the message and and just just great people all around that are just doing phenomenal things for their clients and some, and just incredible things that you, you don't think are possible, you know, $650,000 of premium. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Well, and there wasn't a single discussion about, <clears throat> excuse me, how much money you can make doing this strategy, or this right. is how much money we made this year. That's why we're up here yeah, talking. Not, not like multi-level marketing rally or... There was nothing uh, mentioned about how much money you're making through your business. The only, the every conversation revolved around how much value are you creating clients. for your clients, yep. which in turn brings value to their families, hopefully for generations. 
and uh, add value for your, your community, everybody around you. Yeah, so, just the idea of service. Yeah. You know? Yeah, just a, you're right. Just a lot of really good people in this community. You can't go wrong reaching out to any IBC practitioner from the NNI website. Nope. infinitebanking.org. You know, check out there, see who's in your local area, or obviously give us a call if you want to hear our voices in person. <laughs> yeah, this is not my normal voice. Yeah. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, this probably sounds pretty bad. Yeah, well, you'll heal up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great, man. I think we're going to have a lot more to bring you guys from this conference as we get back and dig through our notes. But we definitely wanted to take the chance while everything's kind of fresh on our minds to uh, to put it out there and and uh, hopefully it, it has sparked your imagination and got you thinking of uh, thinking a different way. Rethink your thinking. That was a theme. It was, yeah, rethink your thinking. And that's the challenge. But the challenge before that is developing the ability to rethink your thinking. Yeah. It's like, right. Like it's you have to get past you have to get past whatever you have to unlearn what you've you learned, gotta unlearn a lot in order to capture. You have to catch again. This is caught, not taught. You have to capture the essence of IBC. You can't, I can't necessarily, we can't necessarily teach it to you through this podcast, right? You have to, you have to read Nelson's book. You have to read it a second or third time or a fourth time. It's, it's ridiculously simple. Embrace the simplicity, right? I've right. Heard a lot of people say that because people want it to be more complicated and like, no, it's, you know, yeah. pay premium. Don't be afraid to pay a high premium, build capital and uh, opportunity will find you. Right. So now it's just been a wonderful experience and I'm looking forward to next year. Yeah, me too. Already next February, we'll be back down here. And if you're watching or you're listening to us on Spotify or, or just Apple Podcasts or or whatever. Dave and I are actually sitting in the same room, which is unusual. You know, the first uh, five episodes, obviously we, he's in Minnesota, I'm in Northern Virginia. So we wanted to take time since it's uh, just much easier to record when we're in the same room. So we're in like a random hotel conference room. The nice. Yeah. I don't even know if we're supposed to be in here, but yeah. nobody's knocked on the door yet. So it's fine. Yeah. We're all good. We're paying customers. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Well, thanks everybody. And I look forward to talking to you again next week. All right. Cool. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. If you'd like to have a conversation with us to see how you can become your own banker, or if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to tackle on a future episode, please send us an email to David and Paul at theibcguys.com. And subscribe and leave us a review if you're on Apple. Follow and leave us a five-star review if you're on Spotify. And please share this.